Now she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa. She's ready to go to the stars. This is the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. It's mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I Captain. And now, our host. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is Pixie. This is Godfunny. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. Your podcast of getting all snuggled in for the night, pulling your fleeces around you, looking for some sugar plums to dance in your head, and then realizing that you've got a billion girls' bikes to deliver. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. I didn't sign uh, up for this. <laughs> yes, you did, Trav. You absolutely did. Ah, crap. Oh, be a good little boy there, Trav. I have a present for you. It's a it's a, uh, he- a Hemi edition for your engine. All right. <laughs> I, was, I was admittedly a bad girl, so just send me Krampus. No, you get cold. <laughs> no, no, no cold. I, I thought girls didn't like Krampus every month. I tried that joke earlier. I got yelled at. Yeah. Are you trying to be a bad boy, Bruce? <laughs> anyway, I don't do All right. And I don't do coal anyway. It's it's not ecologically sound. It's compost now. And, and folks, just to let you know, John took a picture on his Facebook. He's got the Santa hat on, and he kind of looks like Santa anyway, so he's rocking this tonight here. <laughs> okay, welcome to the TriTag Games podcast. We are this week having our, I believe, our seventh or eighth Christmas episode. Eighth, since we started season eight a couple months ago. And last last year, I don't think we even did a Christmas episode. Oh, we we did. forgot about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so this is our eighth season, and there, and this is our seventh Christmas episode, or the Christmas episode of our eighth season, whatever way you want to look at it. So we always try to do something special and hopefully Christmas related. So John has come up with an idea that was voted on, and it won over my idea, which I thought was perfectly. <laughs> we could do that next year, Bruce. Yeah, yeah maybe. Anyways. If you if this if this episode runs short, we may be doing it sooner than we think. Uh, <laughs> anyways, the um, uh, and John's going to tell us all about it because uh, it's his idea. Go for it, John. The idea that came up was, what if you know? Okay, it's first contact with Bureau Thirteen. You know, basically the fringeworthy with probably Ateus, uh, Victorian, or as we uh, or as I'm recalling him now, the British Empire. A Brit, you know, on the team, they arrive and pop out in Massachusetts on Bureau Thirteen Prime, you know, and you know, and that will cause some consternation, at least among the bureau agents, when it gets reported these weird people walking around. But there's another person out there who takes notice of these new people because he's never seen them before. Santa Claus, 
because Santa Claus exists on Vera 13 Earth. Yes. And and there are there's this group of people, six, seven, how many people show up? And he doesn't know who they are. And some of them aren't, well, people, maybe. Depends on the, uh, how it works, you know. Uh, maybe a business in the group or a Demixie. You know, that would raise a few eyebrows. Uh, and Santa would go, okay, it's not a person, but it's it's a person. It's people. It's person, not, not a list. human, though. Not yeah. a human, but it's a person. Well, because Santa knows everybody on the earth. Come on. It's I mean, definitely not on my list. Well, yeah. yeah, and no. he knows everyone's history. I mean, let's be, let's be honest. He knows when you've been naughty and nice. That means he knows everything you've done. Yes. He's, he's worse than Facebook. Well, yeah, he is. Yeah. And I think we, we now we said Bruce is taking what in the nineties because Bureau Thirteen is twenty years behind from from the current era, so that would be like in the nineties then. Am I correct? Yeah. I'm not quite sure why that matters, but well, it, it it depends on the technology and what's available. There is a time different. Okay, well let me let me just get this out. Sure. Between Earth Prime and Bureau Thirteen. Bruce has said there's a 20-year difference. The Bureau is behind Earth Prime. I use 30. That's what I remember hearing. Anyways, there is a definite, at least two-decade difference between the two Earths. Mm-hmm. So when I, the Unita and TAS force gets there, including the TAS representative, a young Shay Talbot, they're going to notice that technology, okay, yeah, this seems to be about 20 or so years ago. So yeah. that's going to be part of what later brings about the trade and technology agreement between UNITA and Bureau 13 of this Earth. Yep. And Santa, you know, he, there's new people, and he's really curious, especially if there's any non-humans in the group. Uh, so this is up to the G, you know, this is up for you, the GM to decide. So, you know, he, he lets him, you know, get a cut, you know, lets the Bureau, because by this time he's already encountered the Bureau. Uh, there's Bruce Rowe's wonderful okay. adventure uh, about uh, basically Santa Claus versus the Brotherhood of Darkness is the best way to put it, uh, <laughs> which ended about as well as you would think it would uh, for the Bureau, for the Brotherhood. <laughs> uh, Santa Claus on, on your side. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, he waits till he gets fully acquainted and then he, you know, probably gives him a phone call. He's Santa Claus. He can do this. Oh, wait, wait. To... What's that dude said real quick, Josie? If you've managed to make Santa Claus mad. You've made some you bad choices in your life. Running. Yeah. <laughs> I think what's worse is making Santa Claus sad. I think you'd feel even worse if you made him sad. Oh, yeah. If he's disappointed in you. <laughs> that's different. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so. Yeah. All right. Oops. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Josie. Uh, but yeah. So, yeah. He, after giving him enough time to get acquainted and, you know, say, make their hellos, he probably gives a phone call to the Bureau. He can do that. He's Santa. Yeah. He, he, wants to, he wants to meet with these people. <laughs> or what did you call so it? So, once he gets permission. Notes? The fat boiler or the red boiler? Yeah. <laughs> fat boiler, yeah. Fat boiler. Yeah, so they're waiting for a slight issue up. Now he shows up in a Mercedes. Oh, no. oh John. Oh. Well, we discussed would you rather? Would you, ra- <laughs> would you rather a Citroen CV2? Okay, see, here, this is more stuff we're <laughs> going to talk about behind the scenes before we do this taping. 
I'm sitting there looking. I'm going Maserati. And I'm just, it, it's like the me doing the old Yosemite Sam thing and gritting my teeth until he pop out of my head. And he goes, well, how about this? And he shows this old picture of a red Citroen. And I go, it looks like the bastard child of a VW Beetle. <laughs> <laughs> and besides, a Maserati, I mean, unfortunately, there are no Greek cars that I know of. Are, are there any Greek manufactured cars? Not that I know of, no. Here, no, I'll so, you, yeah, I mean, Citroen basically... Yeah, so it's across either Mercedes Benz or maybe or maybe is an Italian made car, you know. Citrone, that's that's an Italian word. Yeah. So no, that's yeah. French. That's French. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I want that. Mm-hmm. Still looks uh, like a bastard child of a BW Beetle. It does look like the Yeah. <laughs> oh look, it's the redheaded stepchild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, hey, if it's good enough for James Bond, it's good enough for Santa. Oh, boy. Anyways, <laughs> anyway, he shows he, he, he'll drive. You know, so he'll show up in his in his car. The plates are the plates are legal. They probably say Chris Kringle <laughs> or Clause One or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And uh, he'll meet with these fringeworthy. He's in, and he finds out that they're from another world. He gets an idea. Would it be possible to um, visit these various places and? Um, for me to deliver toys to little bur- good bur- good girls and boys, hmm. And if you were a bureau agent, what would uh, no? If you were if you were a fringe worthy explorer, what would you say to Santa? Well, first, that of, like fun. well, first of all, holy crap! It's Santa. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like fun. Very first words out of my mouth would be, "Do I get to ride in the sleigh?" Yeah, yeah. He'll pat you on the head. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> then yeah, I'm down with it. I don't know about the rest of IDA. You know, there's a lot of people who don't believe in you, Santa. Oh, I don't believe in them either. Wow. Okay. Oh, they don't think Santa believes in you. Hey, uh, hey, hey, Santa, Santa, is lawful. No one said he's good. <laughs> I would say Santa is very lawful good. Very lawful. Good. Yeah. No, no. What makes you think he's lawful? He doesn't care what the bad was. You get cold. So even what, if, neutral good? Well, even if no, the bad was for a good reason, well, he doesn't care. You still. I think. Problem. I think it depends. I think it's more of a balancing act. If you, you know, he'll look and see why were you bad. No, I don't think he does. He just goes, "If you're, were you naughty? Yes, you're on the naughty list." No, because I'm looking at way what Bruce wrote up about the Santa Claus from Bureau 13 Earth. He's also dealing with people who are. He basically delivers toys to suicidal people, suicidal children. He operates more by inspiration than by any kind of lawfulness. The people that need his toys, he makes them for and delivers them to. That would be either neutral or chaotic good, then. Neutral good. Hey, as Bruce pointed out, he you know he can deliver toys anywhere, including well, that. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The chimney. So wait a minute. So you're saying he? So he he teleports. He can be wherever, whenever. He can do it 24 hours. No, I'd say he's a B&E expert. <laughs> that is well, St. Nicholas was the god of yeah, uh, un- repentant thieves. Patron saint, yeah. 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 Also a pharmacist, too, which is kind of strange. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah. It's all the candy. When, when word gets back to the various groups, you know, especially Victorian, you know, the Victorian or British Empire, uh, as we're call, as I'm calling it in, in the Savage Worlds version, and uh, Earth Prime, yeah, people will say, Santa Claus is real? <laughs> I can just imagine people, 
either in stark terror of Santa Claus being real and wondering where they're going to put all the coal. Oh. Yeah, or going, ooh, I got to write a letter to Santa Claus. Can you guys deliver it? <laughs> I got to write a letter to Santa Claus. Yeah, because yeah, imagine that, you know, after, after the Bureau had contacted Santa, uh, they may have, had, he basically doesn't work, you know, he's, he's more of an ally. If anything else, I would, wouldn't you agree, Bruce? No, no. I think Santa has his own agenda. I think Santa is, you know, a neutral. Santa be a neutral. I mean, he's got his own stuff to do. Yeah, he's not out there to help you solve your problems with vampires. That's true. Uh, he has his own things to do. I mean, he's coming to the bureau and coming to Fringeworthy because. He feels this insp- now. That he, now that he knows about the Fringeworthy, you know, which means he's not omniscient. Uh, he's he knows that there's you know something out there, and he feels a calling to go and see where his insp- where it leads his inspiration. So it, as soon as he goes through to another world, he's going to instantly be hit with all this stuff that that basically he needs to do on that world and that's when he's going to turn to the agents and to the uh or the explorers and say okay we got work to do here who's who's in who's, who's going to help me yeah and i, I would though i would imagine because as as uh, you know it's also a bit of a diplomatic thing. He just can't burst in and do things. I mean, he may actually just, he may decide that, okay, I may need to get permission first. I mean, it is someone else's earth. And I probably need to get at least majority permission before I can come here and do things. So he may actually want to meet with the centers of power. And whoever decides those centers of power are is up to him, really, if he wants to visit all the various yeah, churches. This person as the ruler, I'm talking to them. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah. Do that, I think. Here's a, well, no, here's what I would think he would do. And we discussed this now. John did about like eight or nine bullet points in our notes. As I said, pretty much every time we do a, an episode, for the most part, one of us comes up with an outline. And one of the mm-hmm. first things that John came up with, folks, is our calendar synchronized across multiple worlds. Obviously, places like Pax Romana and British Empire Earth won't be, but will they be in the approximate same seasons, i.e. midwinter around the winter solstice? If Christmas is spread out over a period of several days then Santa's job is that much easier. So that yeah. would mean... Go ahead. All of these pagan... All the various Christmas festivals and pagan festivals that we have, the Solstice and Yule on, there are still spirits and forces that are... I guess they are in charge of these festivals that would equate to Christmas... I would think you'd be going up to basically the other world Santa and going, oh, yeah, can you help me out here? Well, if Why they have a... That's what I, that's what I would thought. I wouldn't think yeah, the, yeah, the rules. I think he'd be going to whatever force whatever embodies... What he does. Right, and, yeah. And talk to them. Yeah. yeah. Now, of course, we differ because because well, I, I, yeah. I view that only Beer 13 Earth and was it that one Dragon Earth we found and the world next over at 14... Would probably have uh, magic. The world next over is is the religious biblical earth, earth, yeah, biblical earth, yeah. But uh, but that's another story. Uh, <laughs> but he, you know, but places like Earth Prime, there's no magic. There is no Santa spirit. Um, okay, Victor- yeah. uh, again, folks. Mm-hmm. As far as now, we've said pretty much 
Psy works across the board. It's a very rare world that Psy does not work because that is a human evolutionary trait. Magic mm -hmm. is hit or miss, and we have to deal with things like the Playtex effect, where if you are from a magic-based node and you leave that node, you kind of have 18 hours to get to another magic node or get back to your own or whatever your magic is cuts out. Ah, so, but we're dealing with Santa. And as Bruce said in, there, in our discussion, yeah. Santa is a walking alternate reality field. Where was that at? Yeah. Um, As an example, um, uh, Santa Claus versus the Martians. Mm -hmm. They bring out their killer robot. Santa Claus looks at it and says, what a wonderful toy. And it's a toy. Yeah. The robot has now become a toy. It makes funny sounds and moves back and forth. It no longer has any dangerous moving parts. You can assume that Santa brings his own reality with him so it does not have to consider the Playtex effect. John, so okay, so he's a portable alternate reality generator. That makes it even easier for him. Yeah. Yeah, it basically means where he goes, he, he, take, he can take as long as he wants. And if these holidays are spread out over, say, the year, not, eh, he still has to get a lot of work done. But, you know, um, yeah, he would love to find another place that has a Santa to, to enlist them to help him with his mission. Well, that's what For, I mean. He's not going to go to, like, I'm not going to the white leaders. He yeah. would go to other Santa-like type things. Santa yeah. or whatever spirit, force, entity, being, what have you, embodies that yeah. end-of-year winter festival Solstice, mm. school, Christmas, in some but, case, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever embodies the, or what do we call it now, the Krispahana Wanaka, you know, the combined I've holiday. Been. Yeah. That's the Hawaiian Christmas. Yeah. The Festivus spirit. Yeah. Festivus for the rest of us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but they, you, you would go to them. You wouldn't go to a political body. No. Well, the thing is, though, as you said, you know, beer, you know Earth Prime, magic doesn't work. I right. mean, they're. Yeah, so who would he, would he go to the UN? You know, I just I could just see that. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't think he would. If it's not magic, if it, if his world does not support a real entity of that, it's like. Well, wouldn't the whole not magic thing working depend on him himself being magic? Is yes, he magic? Prime is like a dead magic zone. If you yeah. have a magical weapon, if yeah. you were to bring a magical sword to Earth Prime, hey, what a cool masterwork sword. Is Santa considered magic? Are you saying he would hack that rule even in a dead magic zone? Yes, he would. But but there's a question of range. Yeah. How far would his influence extend um, if he did that? Okay, yeah, I mean... I'm only trying to hammer together a thought here. What you got? I was asking, since there are some worlds like that that have no magic, no magic allowed at all. Right. If Santa is considered magic, he wouldn't. That's what I'm asking. He wouldn't be able to operate in a world like that. No, he brings his own magic with him. He brings his own reality with him. He's got a permanent playtex effect. It's not for 18 hours after leaving the node. He's got like a, a micron so thick sheath around him. Have no magic. Yeah, he, he can. that would make him effectively yeah, a godlike force. He's a walking force of nature. He can create toys from nothing, change something else into something else. And he can bypass anti-magic rules yeah, of a universe. He's considered a god yeah. on a magic world. Well, in, in, a, in a limited sense, he is a god. Yes. Yeah. Okay, or, good. Or demigod. Well, you know, still, he has... Like I said, in a limited sense. Yeah. Reality-altering yeah, okay. powers of a very specific nature. I was trying to understand the whole magic. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Okay. 
Yeah, you are absolutely right, Josie. In most cases, that would hold sway. But when you have something that can generate, you know, it, uh, so strong of an ant, uh, I'm sorry, as an alternate reality field that it doesn't even be, it's not even affected by the reality in which it's in, then it doesn't matter what that reality is. It just, you know, it, it just they both coexist or don't. And his and his and his sleigh will be fully operational. Uh, and every time he leaves it, of course, he'll be then subject to the 18 hour rule. But as soon as he gets back on it, boof, that goes away again. Cause he's in, he's now integrated with an artifact of his own making at yeah. that point. The so yeah. The sack is magical. The <laughs> reindeer are magical. They fly, which makes the sleigh fly. The sleigh doesn't fly without the reindeer. Right. Yeah. But remember he, 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 he well, and, and some of you Cheech and Chong, old Cheech and Chong fans get, you know why the reindeer fly meant the magic dust. Yeah. But yeah, if you, th- if you realize, you know, th- if you think about it, he travels over er- er- Bear 13 prime in about 24 hours, because yeah. really, you know, it's, and uh, he, he covers what, so, uh, at least a billion children. Yeah, about no, that. No. No. Oh, okay. How many children does he cover, Bruce? I, I I've never made the thing. I don't think the number matters. It's, it's certainly not going to be tiny. It's a large number, but it doesn't. I don't think a, a billion would make sense. It's okay. a large number. Yeah. It's a it's a large number. Yeah, and it's all. On Bureau Thirteen World, John, you know that most people basically get to a certain age and they realize that the the parents are providing the gifts. Yes. It's only the occasionally surprise gift that they find under the tree that's actually coming from Santa. So Santa is not hitting up every, one in every ten house. He's probably, you know, it, the number is probably considerably higher. Oh, wait a minute. I just um, I just did a Google, and I did it without voice because apparently I had a noise pixie. Um, as of right uh, around these days, we're talking 1.9 children in the world but they are 27% of the world's population. So we're almost a third of this planet is, well, they say below 15 years of age. And mm-hmm. that's considered children, so... Yeah. Well, because a lot of a lot a of lot countries of have 16 as the age of majority. Yeah. And yeah. actually, a lot of things that involve children and magical stuff like that, they start losing that around 16. Yeah, 15. I still believe in Santa, thank you very much. No, I'm, I'm seeing other things, okay? Um, I know. In 2050, it says there will be estimated 1.9 actually... billion kids, but there'll only be 20% of the world's population. Oh, be... Well, remember, our, our world's population children. is getting older. And, yeah, we're having less children, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah, and, and also he's probably you know he's probably you know and he's being non-denominational in this. Am I correct, Bruce? He's non-denominational. He doesn't care. Yeah, no, it, it has nothing to do with your religion. None at all. Yeah. He's yeah. not a religious just, figure. He's not a a Christian. Yeah. See, Nicholas was a religious figure, but Santa. Well, remember Santa. Okay, Santa Claus is pretty. What we know is Santa Claus today, the jolly fat man in the red suit with the white trim and the black boots, and ho ho ho. That was made by Coca-Cola back in the 30s. What yeah. the, the the visage we know as Santa Claus today is a corporate based icon. Yep. So that that's non-denominational. Yeah. Father Christmas from England and uh, to some part from Germany uh, may not dressed in red, he may have actually dressed in more traditional uh, you know fur outfits yeah. at that point. Yeah. Uh, Santa Claus I believe is what um, He'd normally dressed in green. Yeah. Kind of returning spring. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I got the Victorian Christmas thing up. <laughs> okay. All right. That'll work. Yeah. 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 So, so, but basically, I would say he's a he is a bit of a manifestation of belief, yeah. and children believe so strongly. Well, yeah, that, that's why he exists because all those children believing in him. Yeah, almost yeah. two billion children believing in you. Yeah. Oh no, he, he he's he's rocking with power. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's one of those figures that depends wholly on belief. Yeah, and the thing is, if he can go to other worlds and, and inspire more children, that's more that's belief. More belief and strengthens him and gives him more power. Yeah, and also so, gives a link to him on that particular yeah, world. Yeah, and then he can know all those children, good or bad, and all that stuff. Yeah, so yeah. As we said, he's neutral. He's neutral, good or chaotic, good, and therefore, yeah, he's he's looking at you know I can expand my power base, literally. I would say chaotic, good about that because he yeah. does things on his own whim. Yeah, not by any specific code of honor, and he doesn't break codes of honor when he sees a fit. He does his own thing for what they call S and G. He yeah. does it. Santa is. He does it because it feels good to be. There's a term. I'm, I'm looking. Altruistic. Thank you. That's it. <laughs> he's, a, he's a pure example of altruism. You know, as such, he has to be a mythical creature. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, remember, yeah. he's generous. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, so I'm thinking, yeah. So a reason I came up with this idea of him visiting places to get permission is that it gives a reason for a, the, the, for a, uh, an adventure with him, you know? So be- I totally agree, John. Yeah. I mean, after all, you, you, the, most of these portals are controlled by somebody, mm-hmm. you know, the, is the, unless the fat man comes through at Mach three, you know, there, someone's going to basically try to stop him and, or at least, you know, have him mm-hmm. stop and be recognized or something. Yeah. And so, even, yeah. Uh, even if he, even if he does come through really fast, they're still going to pick up that something came through. Yeah, because of the, I don't know, the sonic boom coming through the portal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, uh, well, it also... The image that put in my head. <laughs> Where you built Santa as a character in Pathfinder and this person had a really strange thing to say. Santa is a lich who requires children to sustain him. He gives cookies and milk to try and oh. him to go away with, without them. He has this a f- that pulls by 12 nasty, dire, hellish reindeer with sharp teeth and antlers filed to points. The party has been invited to put an end to St. Nicholas, Nicholas, once and for all, and free the elves he keeps his slaves. Bring it fire. So that's, you know, that'd be yeah, a fun one to print. So you looked him into the windowless souls, the windowless <laughs> eyes into what little soul he has. And I said, I said, Lich. It's <laughs> <laughs> a random thing. I was looking up Santa. What his alignment would be? I'm sorry. Now I think we figured out it's probably going to be yeah. chaotic good, maybe yeah. neutral good. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. do it for worship. He doesn't do it for reward. Mm-hmm. He does it because it feels. Santa good. is a pure being. Yes, he's a pure being. He's a pure soul. He can lift Thor's hammer. <sighs> yeah, he probably could. That's and, and, and by pure, we, we're talking about altruism. After all, there is Mrs. Claus. Yeah. Yeah, oh so yeah, he does have. He does have appetites. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, milk and cookies. Well, that's why he's got that belly on him. Yeah. Oh no, well, he's also. Oh, uh, if he is based off of Saint uh, Saint Nicholas. Yeah. Saint Nicholas also was a patron saint of brewers. Oh, there you go. Beer belly. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Beer belly. So, so store of so, beer there that keeps him going. 
So parents out there listening to this, when you leave out the milk and cookies, maybe you might leave out a stout for Santa instead. Wink, I'm wink. Sure that, uh, I'm sure that whichever Santa delivers the toys, they would appreciate a stiff drink about them. Yeah. If I had to deal giving gifts to kids, a lot of them are going to break it that morning. Yeah, I'd want a drink, too. Yeah, and, yeah. and do you want to know why it's always a thump when he lands on the roof? It's because he's not the only one that's drinking. Oh. <laughs> that's right. Because the reindeer have the magic dust. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so 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 the venture I sort of figured out. Okay, so what kind of venture would we have? And Bruce has already brought up the the template: Santa Claus versus the Martians. He's going to visit someplace, uh, and someone will decide that hmm, I can make use of that fat man. <laughs> you no, know, no, no, we don't want to do fat shaming. We're you no. know. Come up of course. I mean, I can make use of that. I mean, it's not fashion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when he visits the Blizzniz, he's going to go, oh, such, you know, this is a great voice. Oh, my goodness. You're all so many good girls and boys. And they're going to be like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, just for the record, Goth Bunny hates me doing the Blizzniz voice. So <laughs> he does. Oh, here, that's bad. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, actually, I, of all the places on the fringe path that Santa would go, I don't think he would He would step through and take a look around and go, done. <laughs> to what? Yeah. I don't think the Blizzards needs Santa's special touch. He's like, uh, obviously, I've already been here and didn't know it. Yeah, <laughs> they're all good here. I'll run out of gifts before. Okay, check, please. Yeah. Uh, well. The, uh, the, the Mixie Homeworld, yeah, that's the next one, the next, next stop. Uh, I get, did we say they actually had something similar to Christmas? No, uh, Peter came up with a whole um, uh, a whole celebration of the Maker. Oh yeah, which is probably the closest equivalent of Christmas then on there. Yeah, please refer to our episode in the past about our our breaking down the Demixie on the Fringeworthy file. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm saying is that there's actually a whole thing that he does uh, on the uh, cri- uh, Christmas episode of two years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, yeah, so, of course, instead of getting presents, you get things wrapped in silk. That may- yes, you get you get um, a glowing, um, undulating uh, uh, packages. <laughs> Oh well, my, this place well, is very with special. A, with a golden Back straw inserted, yeah. yes. It was wonderfully um, uh, disturbing, <laughs> these descriptions we came up with for these things. But then again, you know, Santa Claus goes there, he looks around and goes, okay, um, I can work with this. Um, yes, I can really work with this. Um as he's rolling his eyes, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I can work with this. Yes, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, working with this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's it's it definitely would be. Uh, but yeah, it may be one of his stops, and yeah, yeah, he may actually say, "Would you, would you rather have something that's made rather than something that's alive?" Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, what's really funny is that two Earths the other way is the Kegak world. Yeah, I want to, yeah. Yeah. God, we so need Jay here right now. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Of course, that's one thing I was thinking about. Santa Claus is actually one of the largest manufacturers of counterfeit goods in the in <laughs> world. Yeah, he, he's a he's a total knockoff artist. <laughs> There are no manufacturing tags on any of that. Yeah, but the serial numbers are the serial numbers are legal are, are perfectly legit because he also alters the alters the register their, their computers and, and yeah. databases. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's oh. when he gets to Victorian Earth or British Empire Earth, how you want to call it, that he may actually run into some issues. Now, if we do put this five years down the line, five or six, which we would say, Trav, five or six. And yeah, yeah, five. I'd say six years down the line, so just into the beginnings of the middle campaign. So we now we have to sort of do a little divergence here about Victorian Earth. Now they are the first ones we ever contacted, you know, and by and, hook they, or, and they had been out on the path six months before we were. Yep. So by hook or by crook, they'll get all they'll get all the information they can about well history. You know, they'll look and see, oh, you know, what happened, you know, happens after 1899, more or less. Yeah. They'll see when Queen Victoria dies. Only she's not the same Queen Victoria. You know, our Queen, our quick Queen Victoria, which is Earth Prime's Queen Victoria, was in mourning all her life for her, for, for her husband. Yeah. The Queen Victoria of, of Victorian Earth was only in mourning for a year. And then she rolled up her sleeves and got back to business again. Okay. So she's a different Queen Victoria. <laughs> I don't think that would affect how they do Christmas, though. Yeah, a lot of things, a lot of things would be different. And but then they get this database in the in the eighteen nineties, and they see what's happening. You know, and they'll see a lot of things. They say, yeah, the fictional stuff here is more correct than the actual history stuff over here, but there are some history stuff that will be the same, like a certain Russian royal family. Her grand, her granddaughter Alexandra, has given birth to at least four beautiful little daughters at, by this time, and in five years she'll give birth to Alexei, who then becomes the reason for at least part of the reason for the downfall of the, of the Tsarist family. And she may go, oh my, um, would you ask them uh, if we can get some of this, what's it called, factor. IX, which by the way is it's a, it's basically it's a healing it's a clotting factor in for uh, if you don't have you'll get hemophilia B, which is what Alexei had, Alexei you know, Romanov had, um, and it's also known as and I and I saw this at oh my goodness it's also known as the Christmas factor. Interesting. I'm not going to blame poor Alexei at all because it really wasn't his fault. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, if they can get some, and basically, by t we actually produce it now uh, through by basically we clone the genes that pr that produce the factor and grow it in and grow it in bacteria. Okay, so it's, it's fully manufactured artificially, and th that would still work on Victorian Earth. Any science works on most worlds. Yeah, so she the, basically the government micro especially Mycroft goes hmm Mycroft Holmes by the way yeah would go. <laughs> If we can, if 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 it holds true that he has his son Alexei, we can provide him with the means to keep him from actually suffering the dire effects of hemophilia, putting him and his family in our debt. Oh yes, and that also means Rasputin wouldn't have been needed to be involved with with the Tsar's family. Yes, which gives us 
our villain for this piece. <laughs> so we got Santa Claus and an Idet Teus team, including, and we're just saying, this might have been a, a mission that Shay Talbot got on, and it may have convinced her to become the Bureau United Liaison. So we got a Teus Bureau team and Santa Claus against the Mad Monk himself, the man that it took like 19 different ways to finally kill him. Yeah, actually, that turns out to be mythology. When someone actually looked at the autopsy, he was killed with four bullets. But this is this is this is this is Victorian. This is Victorian Earth, where mythology, where, where stories are where stories are somewhat true, and therefore, yeah, he's hard to kill. Oh no! And of course, I'm reminded of Ghostbusters too, with the whole lot, the whole list for Vigo. Yeah. And where just Bill Murray goes, ouch. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So here's you know so here's a person who had eyes on maybe getting his his fingers his claws into the royal family. Yeah. Does, does this simply say he's going to do that? I mean you know, but then he's thwarted by this gift of a of a medicine that they have to give the kid once a week, you know, you know that that keeps him from being hemophiliac, and he's thwarted. In fact, if Morris Toad kick him out of the country. So Santa Claus now shows up five years later. It shows up, you know, uh, years later. This corruption of the tr- of the true, you know, bearer of Christmas, Saint Nicholas, because Rasputin is East, is is West Eastern Orthodox. Yeah. <laughs> and Santa Claus is this secular corruption of what is all good in religion. And you know what? I, if I kidnap him, I wonder if I can use him as a leverage to gain power within the Russian, with, back with the Russian church, to become the matriarch of the Russian church. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Who's kidnapping who? You lost me here. Rasputin kidnaps Santa Claus. He oh, yeah, he would find out that it's like if I have this power. To leverage to gain power somewhere. Yeah, if I have this being a power to help me out. Mm-hmm. To, uh, Ransom. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and we have to give him minions. He'll have minions, you know. And, and well, Rasputin was was because of how many times it, it it was said to try to kill him. He pretty much would be considered, if not a god, at least a powerful he was, being. He was considered a good hypnotist too. Well, I mean, the, the whole list of you know, shot, drawn, yeah, quartered, drowned, castrated. Yeah. So it's like, oh no, trust me, you come back from that, you are a BMF. Um, yeah. Maybe he's just cursed with life. Yeah. Yeah. So he convinced, he convinced Alexandra that he was, um, I, I think the term was sat, uh, satret, which is sort of like saint, but not quite yet. You know, you're pre-saint. He's really, like he was beatified. A, yeah. Yeah. He was beatified that, that he was a pre-saint. So, yeah. Uh, Rasputin, you could say he had some mojo. If it took that much to kill him, supposedly. Yeah. And he, he also was a big believer in mesmerism. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, mesmerism. So we're a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, Victorian, that, that was a big thing. That was a big hobby in Victorian England was a lot of yeah. spiritualists yeah. and mesmerists oh, and yeah, mediums mesmerism. and yeah. Yeah, so he definitely would have minions uh, helping him out. He and let's... Yeah. I look at Santa Claus's versus the Martians as my, as my template. He more or less let himself get kidnapped. Well, of course he did. He... 
Again, if he was inspired to go to Mars to, 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 to help let them find out about Santa Claus, then yes, he'd let himself be kidnapped. I've got work to do here. They're helping me. They're not bad people. They just don't know that they're good people yet. They're, not, and they're just misunderstood. Yeah. No, by the end of it, he's totally transformed the Martian culture in the movie. Yeah. And his, <clears throat> sorry, and his situation where, okay, things aren't too great in the rush in the Russian empire. And maybe I can do some good through this guy. So let him kidnap me and then we'll see what I can do. Also, I want to see what you guys do. And then, you know, I'm talking to the fringe really team and the, and the British empire folks. So this could actually be a, a Victorian earth adventure with this Victorian character. It could be a mixed Unita and other, other characters. I mean, really well, no, I think GM. this would be a Unita Teus. With a little bit of alien core, if you have the Demixie and the Blizzness mm -hmm. in there. Yep. And you know, it's like, come on, they're rescuing Santa. They're going up again. Yeah. Anybody who knows their history on Earth Prime, they're going to wait a minute. Let's just get this straight. Santa Claus has been kidnapped because Santa Claus will make it look like he's being kidnapped, even though he's going willingly. Yeah. Santa Claus has been kidnapped by Rasputin the Mad Monk, a man who is reputed to be very hard to kill. There would be some people in that group going, well, of course we got to rescue Santa Claus. It's Santa Claus. And other people going, Rasputin's hard to kill? Challenge accepted. <laughs> oh, by the way, we'll rescue Santa too. Yeah. <laughs> and it gives you a bunch of excuses to, to go to the various places and uh, seeing various people. You need to find Rasputin. Uh, who would you go to to find where Rasputin went? Somebody Russian, maybe Moscow. <laughs> somebody who's good at somebody who's good at de at detecting things. Oh! <laughs> now he won't go to Russia to help you find him, but he will at least figure out where in Russia you need to go. Yeah, a certain <laughs> consulting detective and his physician friend. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a it's a bit of a little travel log for the players. They involve Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Maybe enlist the aid of Al of Alan Quartermain. <laughs> I would have no problem bringing the LXG in on an adventure. Yeah. yeah. Or at least SMEs. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. So, yeah, it's basically going to where they're, yeah, and we have to put in some old abandoned, you know, Russian castle on the steps someplace where ultimately, you know, and you, where, you, where you have to get into, somehow break into, you know. Of course, if someone is genre savvy and says, well, wait a second, Santa Claus, he can escape anytime he wants to. As soon as you second that, say that Santa Claus is not going to escape, no matter what, at that point. You know, if you try to invoke he's the fact trying, that he, he's, he's, he's going to do it, good, he's so. trying to convert Rasputin, so he's not going to leave until he realizes... It's hopeless. It's going to be, and the characters are going to, you know, bust in. Hopefully, save the day. It's going to be like, yeah, I've I've done everything I can. Yeah, because he's Santa Claus. He would know that after a while, it would just come to him. Like, and these people are coming, risking their lives to rescue me. Yep. Yeah. Of course. And Rasputin is looking to harm them through the use of his powers and his minions. He's a lost yeah. cause. Yeah. So his minions, though, much like the Martian guards. Will be on a first name first name basis with Santa Claus. They've dragged down the best feather bed in the castle into his cell. They don't bother locking the door, and he gets all the good best food in the castle. But well, other yeah. than that, he's a prisoner. <laughs> <laughs> he's an honored guest. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, even Rasputin wouldn't hurt him because remember, he want, Rasputin wants to use him as leverage. Mm -hmm. You're not going to hurt your leverage. No, you're not. No, you're going to make him. Relatively comfortable 
to make sure that he is worth what it is that you say to other people when you're using his leverage. Say, yeah, here's St. Nick. Well, why he's got bruises all over him? Well, he fell. You know, no, you're going to make sure that he is presentable and well-kept for when you use him as leverage, he looks decent. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, treat him like, nice. Well, see, I didn't harm him. Yes. I'm just not letting him know. Yeah. 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 So, so what would you think, what, what, what demands do you think Rasputin would make of Santa Claus? Hmm. I mean, he's got him in his clutches. <sighs> and watch, we get some inner mon or some monologue that Rasputin was treated poorly as a child because he didn't get a toy, and that's what made him the mad monk. <laughs> I just wanted little doll. Yeah. Yeah. It hey, could be also a mental I, issue. I, I regret nothing doing that voice, God. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you, uh, I'm so I was so put upon as a child. <laughs> no, I mean he. I think he was. He may actually may have been uh, probably a mental problem. He may have actually been uh, schizophrenic or something along those lines. Well, yeah. If he thought if he thought of himself that. <laughs> Thought himself as a mystic faith healer. He did mesmerism. Oh no, there's some skits at least megalomania. But he was also very charismatic enough to. A lot of crazy people are, Colleen. Yeah. 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 And he, and, but the best thing I like about him, he has a mustache that he can twirl. Yes. He can twirl his beard, too. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, the whole thing is, is that. No, Rasputin definitely. He the the cheese fell off his cracker well, a long time ago. Well, yeah, no, he he was at the very least megalomaniac, come. possibly schizophrenic. Well, one of his predictions did come true. That oh. people were going to die. Well, yeah. No, but, yeah. if he was killed by Russian officials, the royal family would die. Ah, so yeah, it's in Santa Claus's best interest to make sure that doesn't happen. Right. I, actually, that's a good question, Bruce, because it implies in the venture you wrote that it is quite possible for people to die around Santa. Am I correct? Oh, yeah. No, he's he's the only one who's immortal. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. He's so saving lives. He's into just giving who's alive toys for being good. Yeah, I mean, everything in, in Christmas land can die, including Mrs. Claus. She's not the first Mrs. Claus. Or maybe you know, she's Virginia, the girl who wrote the little wrote the letter. Wait a minute, what? I wait, wait a minute. I'm not the first. Yeah, of course you'd get these jealous. What do you mean I'm not the first? Yeah, he's not a blue beard, but you know, I think I think you said um, she's probably older than what she should be, but she's still aging. If I if you have I gathered it correctly. <laughs> She's a she's a good looking, you know, elderly woman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We won't use the term. And I'm sure she can still rock Santa's world. Yep. <laughs> Maybe she just ages slower. Like one for every ten or fifty years yeah. or whatever. You know, yeah. And I mean just Yeah, I mean the Virginia story is from what, the turn of the century? I thought it was like the nineteen twenties. Twenties or thirties when Santa Claus was made by Coca Cola. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. The Santa image that we see a lot more today. Yeah. Was... Right. So the point is that she'd be in her 60s at the time of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That'd be fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I, I've, I, 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 I know several people in their 60s who are rocking their world, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, I meant my world in general. I wasn't being specific to any activity. Sorry. I'll edit that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so, story called A Christmas Legend in 1849. But I'm looking the true history of the modern Santa Claus, actually on Coca-Cola, Coca, that, coca-colacompany.com. Uh, many, in fact, many people are surprised to learn that prior to 1931, Santa was depicted as everything from a tall, gaunt man to a spooky-looking elf. He had donned a bishop's robe and a Norse huntsman's animal skin. In fact, when Civil War cartoonist Thomas Nast drew Santa for Harper's Weekly in 1862, he was a small elf-like figure who supported mm -hmm. the Union. Uh, Santa has been featured in Coke ads since the 1920s. Yeah. The Coca-Cola Company began its Christmas advertising in the 1920s with shopping-related ads in magazines like Saturday Evening Post. The first Santa ads used a strict-looking clause in the vein of Thomas Nast. In 1930, okay. artist Fred Mizen, or M-I-Z-E-N, painted a department store Santa in a crowd drinking a bottle of Coke. The ad featured the world's largest soda font, which was located at the department store Famous Bar Company in St. Louis. Uh, Mizen's painting was used in print ads at Christmas season, appearing in the Saturday Evening Post in December 1930. So in 31, the company began placing Coca-Cola ads in popular magazines. So yeah, the early 30s. I have a yeah. nice image of Santa and Mrs. Claus from 1919 postcard. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I'm looking look at uh, red and white outfit, black boots, all of it. Yeah. So, yeah, right along the same. So, 1931, folks, is yeah. what the Santa that we all know and love, Coca Cola brought him out in 31. Yeah, and I'm looking at a picture of Santa Claus from as depicted, basically uh, Father Christmas as depicted in uh, Dickens' yeah. uh, Christmas Carol, and he's got uh, he's rocking those abs. <laughs> yeah, he was much more manlier in that version. So yeah, Santa Claus is whatever Santa Claus needs to be. I, I you know I would tend to think that as he goes to different worlds, he would actually take on the visage of how people would imagine Santa Claus would look like. I think so. I think, yeah. I think his yeah, appearance would. would change over time. His appearance as would change our, whatever dimension he is. Yeah, not so much over time, but yeah, yeah. whatever plane he goes whatever to. Whatever he goes to, but even when he's on, even... She's um, saying within our own... Or with our, our own, within our dimension, own, he would change he is, time. He would have changed over time. Because of popular uh, belief. Because of popular belief and opinions yeah, and everything. Changed. Pretty much since 1931, Santa has looked the way we all know him from the Coca-Cola. The jolly yes. Batman. Yeah. Because yeah. He, He's a manifestation of belief. Yeah. And he would yeah. look like Charlie Fat Man because that's what No, no, we're not gonna call him fat, we're gonna call him metabolism deprived. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but that sort of means that when he steps through steps through the alt platform on uh, on the British Empire yeah. Earth, he loses a lot of weight and puts on and puts and puts on the abs and the green robes and he basically changes to more of a Victorian style Santa Claus. Oh yeah. 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 That would be that. funny. You're, you're walking through the portal into Victorian Earth, the Teus and United team, and they walk around, they change it like, what? How? You had that on? How? You know, and they'd, they'd be like, he'd be like, oh. I'm conforming to this world. Yeah. So that means, oh, dear God. It means when he walks onto the Mixie platform, he grows some extra legs and gets a little oh. bit taller. <laughs> oh, look, this is fun. And that's when the arachnophobe on the team freaks out. Yeah. Yeah. So there wouldn't be one because there'd be a Demixie on the team already. There we go. The, the, the Demixie be going, see, now he looks good. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't now, look like one of you. Yeah. See, now we know what he is. Yeah. yeah. He, he's matching the depiction of their version of 
the Christmas entity. Yeah. 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 It's the spirit of giving and and homes and so forth. But yeah, so okay, so Vasputin is has, you know, how would you set this scenario up? So is it basically would it end up being a chase, you know, where would this occur? Would this actually occur in Russia or does it occur someplace where Rasputin is in currently in exile at this point? Well, it depends on where when he was exiled, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're the yeah. one with the bachelor in history. You tell us. Yeah. Where yeah, where would they exile exile him to? Would he be exiled to like Greece or something like that? Or Rasputin? Yeah, he's he's Eastern Orthodox. Where would they send him? Out of Russia. <laughs> Germ oh no. They do the same place they sent Marx, Germany. Oh. And so I would imagine that it would be either when they're trying to visit the Kaiser. Yeah, visit the Kaiser. You know, uh, you know, cousin Vili. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and that's when he would be kidnapped. Um, so I can see a set. I can see a scenario there where we're set, we're setting up the chase, and they have to lose. I hate to say it. You know, we don't have much of a story if they if they rescue Santa from the from the ki- from the initial kidnapping attempt. So, uh, how, how you know? So, how do you, how would you how Trav? Here's a question: How would you how would you set up so that you know they get a chase, but of course they're they're predestined to lose? How would you do that? Well, if it's Victorian Earth and weird science and powers and probably magic works, I'd have Rasputin actually have powers and use that to affect the escape. Okay. If Rasputin is supposed if if and because you said psi works. Weird science works. I would throw in that low-level magic works with Rasputin. Yeah, I mean it's very. Li- All he has to do is disable the vehicle that's being that's doing the chase. Yeah, and oh, he- that could be just as simple as one of his acolytes shooting out a tire. Ooh, that's right. Or tossing a grenade. Oh, we can actually make it worse for everyone. Rasputin is a psi. He doesn't know he's a psi, but he's a psi with empathy that's and, and so- with. Uh, you, you, you're complicating it again. No, but you know, but it, it would fall in line with his ability to mesmerize people. He has mind control as his as his psi power. And the, I mean, the whole mad monk thing. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He may be mad because he can't stop the voices in his head. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of guys generally have problems with that. Yeah. So yeah, but even if he isn't psi, he he's a master of mesmerism, which is the same thing as mind control at this point. Uh, yeah. Because we're dealing with we're dealing with a pulp adventure world where basically you know steampunk pulp adventure. Yeah, mesmerism works just as well as it does in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, players would have to actually make a mind control check to see if they've been mind controlled or not. And you know, uh, and I can just see it now. There, you know, Rasputin says, "Take the wheel," and he goes to the back, and he's staring at the guy driving the vehicle behind him, and his eyes glow. And the guy is just driving, and all of a sudden, he just turns the wheel to the right and goes right into the wall, <laughs> or just stops the car. Yeah. No, no, no. We're talking Rasputin. He yeah, turns the wheel, goes in the wall. <laughs> you gotta make it exciting. Just hitting the brake is well, not. Well, that's true because also that will get. More motivation. Well, after they limp away from the accident, yeah, it'll give the Teus and United guys motivation. To, no, we're gonna. No, he's hard to kill. Challenge accepted. Yeah. So now, so now it's basically trying to figure out where he's gone to, and he's disappeared in Germany someplace. 
and they have no idea where he, dis- where he disappeared to. Um, maybe he's gone back to Russia. Maybe he's off in uh, Prussia. Maybe he's over in Poland. I think, was Poland around then? Or was it Prussia? Might have been Prussia back then. He may have Might gone to Prussia. Prussia. Or he's in Austria. He's some, you know, he's somewhere around there. We need to somewhere find him. Somewhere in Eastern Europe, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So someone says, well, we need to find him. And then, you know, and then, then, hopefully someone gets the clue. And goes, Wait a second. We know someone can probably find him. Yeah. So the trip back to England to uh, look up, go to 221 B Baker Street. Yep. Uh-huh. You could definitely find him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But, you know, and he probably wouldn't even have to leave his room. <laughs> so would you be saying he'd only have a 7% chance of not finding him? No, knowing him, knowing knowing Sherlock, well, knowing Sherlock Holmes, uh, he probably would definitely want to want to get out and do some do some you know some sleuthing and find you know hitting his contacts and going on what's going what's going happening. Well, because but, you know, Scrop wouldn't do it because you know you know legwork. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he also may get told by his brother, but you can't go. We don't want you over in Germany causing more problems. Yeah. <laughs> To be like, wait, more? What? I didn't do nothing. <laughs> well, as I told my players when they when they visit Victorian Earth, the you know the they got involved with the dancing men. Only it wasn't quite the dancing men; it was different. So his adventures are different. Uh, Sherlock Holmes here fell, you know, killed Moriarty, fell off Reichenbach Falls, and was rescued by Doctor Watson, and uh-huh. convalesced for a year. Ah, uh-huh. so. Different, but the stories are similar enough that you know you can say, "Oh, oh, oh." Watson would have chronicled them differently because Watson was Holmes's. Uh, oh God, what was the term? Bosley. I, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, he, they would done differently, but yeah, he still had to deal with uh, with Major. What's his name? Uh, who tried to you know afterwards try to kill him and you know Moriarty's and you know. No, we're not going. That Bruce says don't complicate things, so we're going to leave Moriarty yeah, and yeah, his yeah, 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 yeah. this. If the adventure needs complication, sure, you can add that stuff in. But, you know, you you already got, you know, Rasputin, okay? You already got his ability to influence other people, you know, without even adding Psy into it. So why? Why bother? Yeah, that's true. I mean, he's... he's He's car- he has a high car- he, has a, he has a high charisma score. He uh, has basically mind control without the Psy. You know, powers basically, as long as he can get a good look at you and do his mojo on you, he can. Yeah, pop. see, I think this is where John and I would differ. John mm-hmm. might do just okay, he's got a little, you know, high charisma, and it might be a knack. Me, no, I'd make him a side, I'd give him regenerative abilities. That's why he was so hard to kill. I would make this guy hard as heck where you need modern day weaponry to take this guy down. Yeah, he might I be able it. to solve a room, you know, he might be able to get away out of like. Oh, a revolver shot. Here comes somebody with an M16. So you're saying he has mind control, probably empathy, because that helps with helps with, you know, with the charisma thing. And he probably has body con- some sort of body control that allows him to heal himself. Oh, yeah. Uh, on the fly. The 19 thing long list of how it took to kill him. Yeah, I would think he'd have some type of re- minor regenerative ability. Yeah. yeah. He may not be like Wolverine, but... You had better pump a couple clips of fully automatic ammo into him to finally take him down. Because one or two bullets in him, he'll crawl away and he'll be back in a couple of days. Even if you think he's stunned, 
Make yeah. Put another clip into it. Right, exactly. And chop his head off. There you go. Right, which is why Santa Claus would be the perfect foil for him because he would never use any of those tactics. Right. No, he wouldn't. Yeah, he would totally be blindsided by Santa Claus. Well, that's the thing. See, Santa Claus, yeah, is going to be all nice and try to convince yeah. Rasputin. The thing is, because he you would also because and everyone. Yes. With you making this guy. You would also go through the extra effort of making us want to kill him. Oh, no, no, no. Come on. Well, come on. Let's face it. <laughs> Remember, there are not just Taeus agents here. As I said, we're just saying this will be one of Shea Talbot's, excuse me, first adventures, and this will what convince her to become the liaison. You're going to have modern-day United agents who most of them are going to know about Rasputin and his reputation they're going to be some with a chip on their shoulder saying, I can sit there and say, I killed Rasputin and rescued Santa Claus. Heck yeah, I'm doing this. He made us crash into a wall. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, But then someone will say, but he's Santa Claus. I mean, does he really want us to kill Rasputin? No. No. It, it tripped. Yeah. Uh, my, my finger slipped, Santa. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you're being a liar. Ah, crap. <laughs> we'll put you on the naughty list for that year, sorry. For lying. Not for killing. Really, Trap? Really? Like, really? Really? Like, Dude, I saved your life. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Really, Miss Talbot? Your finger slipped. <laughs> well, I didn't say, I wouldn't, I didn't say Talbot would do it. I'm saying it'd be more like one of the modern guy, modern day kind of gung-ho guys on the United team. Because they would know what Rasputin was like because yep. they had what 90 to a hundred years of history to read about him. Yeah. Mateus people, this is happening as it happens. This is mm -hmm. modern day for the yeah. United people. It's history. They all know Rasputin. How, how we'll do the South park. Rasputin was a very, very naughty man, you know? So <laughs> you're going to have that where they're going to be going and you're going to have somebody with their chip on the show going, I get to take out Rasputin to save Santa Claus. I'd totally do it. As I said, because if you were to add the minor regenerative abilities and they would sit there and go, wait a minute, he had all this, this, and this, he's still alive, and they'd be like, challenge accepted, let's do this. He made us crash in the wall, he kidnapped Santa Claus. His time here is done. Yep. Because yep. if he can do all this, he will gain power, and we know what happens when Rasputin got his claws into the Russian royal family. We already know how this is going to probably play out. We're doing these people a favor. Yeah, because uh, remember, United they goes out, they go on a war. It's an altered timeline. They don't care about changing the history. They don't have a prime directive. We've already discussed this previous episode. Look it up mm -hmm. about United with a prime directive. They're going to go in and say, "Yeah, we're going to kill Rasputin because this Earth will end up a lot better than ours did." Mm -hmm. So yeah, they would probably want to try to take him out, nullify him somehow, in order to rescue Santa to get because. No, they're not going to want... What are you going to do? They're going to go back to Bureau 13 Earth? Sorry, we lost your Santa. No! <laughs> I would not want to go... Do you really want to go back to Mrs. Claus and say, uh, there was an accident, I'm sorry. I'm not going home without the Santa. No, just... Do, do you want to be the one to tell Mrs. Claus that happened? No. That's mm -hmm. not something I would want on my conscience, so... <laughs> yeah. That is not a rolling pin you want to be hit by. No, no, no. <laughs> Santa's a yeah. good guy. Mrs. Claus? Uh... That might have, like... Cookie dough all over it. Too. Nah, that'd be the least of my worries. The cookies, uh, the cookie dough is the least of the problem. I'm You're the one's gonna get rolled up. Like yeah, sugar bread. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So no, I would think they would go in mm -hmm. and want to rescue Santa, 
Because, one, it's Santa. Two, Rasputin is a bad guy. Three, it's Santa. Okay, well. <laughs> yeah. This isn't, a, this isn't going to muck with our world. Well, no, because the Bureau 13 Prime, if Sam, something happens to Santa, that will cause adverse effects back on his world. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. I, I was talking about the whole Killing Rasputin. Well, killing Rasputin, not a problem. That's not a problem. That, As I said, United has no problem with changing the world's history. That's why they get involved. That's why they help yeah. worlds. They will sit there and alter like an 8th century African village yeah. and teach them irrigation and agriculture. Why? Because totally. they want them to improve. Yep, yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And besides, Rasputin's supposed to die anyway. Well, it's um, just Unitas helping him along a little. A little earlier. They're testing his regenerative powers to see just how good they are. Oh, right. Regenerate from this. It, it, it's it's all killing them on the basis of scientific ethic. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Now I'm thinking. Think, so I'm thinking back to our episode where we talked about how all the TriTech games are unique in that we have. We we actually we 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 rather have people find a non-violent way of sol solving these problems. And what we're talking about now sounds like, you know, step in the door, see Rasputin, brap, right in the head. Well, I yeah. mean, I mean, it's going to it's going to end up being because, of course, Rasputin is going to send his cronies and his cultists and his mm -hmm. his cannon fodder, popcorn mooks, whatever you want to call them, to try and stop us. We're not going to sit there and go now, now you shouldn't do that. There's going to be combat. So Rasputin is not going to let himself get in harm's way. He's going to be, you know, what? what's the thing from a yellow beard? The last one to fight and the first one to flee. Yes. Yeah. So would he, uh, so would he, uh, I, I have to say, I can see it now. You fight, you fight corner him, but he's using a certain jolly elf as his meat shield. I don't think he would go no. that far. Well, uh, well he's, no, he's I don't, a kind of very nasty, selfish Self-preservation kind of guy. So. Oh, that would. Oh, in that case, then that would be where. Yeah, then that case, then the United people would be like, "We can't hit Santa." Yeah, we can't yeah. Hit Santa. I would not hit Santa. If they, they, there Santa. would be no way that they would uh, take the shot. Do I want to be the one that that I accidentally hit Santa? No. Not that yeah. shot. I will give up that shot. Yeah. Yeah, he he will definitely demand. Uh, safe passage. Otherwise, the fat man gets it. I want to. So in this case, so in this case, Cuba. Yeah. Well, in this case, he wouldn't be a fat man. He'd be a guy in green and abs that yeah. you can bounce bounce nickels off of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, the 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 fat man Santa is something. I think I'm like no, no, no. This would be about the time where he's getting fat. I think. You uh, know, he, early 1900s or mid, mid, yeah, early 1910s and stuff. So, eh, yeah, no, not really. I think, like he said, like uh, Robert said, that uh, uh, he would get the jolly thing in about 1930. 1931 is when he would become the Santa we all know and love. Yeah. So right, whatever so he, he was back in 19, the early 1900s. Yeah. yeah, that would be him, whatever he would be. Like so. what I showed you for that picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was very well, tall and thin yeah. and, you know. Well, we were also t we're also talking about how he takes on the appearance of people of the common beliefs. If he's sitting next to an Eastern, or Eastern Orthodox monk who really believes in him now, he's would he take on take on the visions of Saint Nicholas? Maybe. Right. Yeah, he might, actually, he might. Maybe. Yeah. If Rasputin believes in Saint Nicholas, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. You know, or or is he or is he like a lot a lot of some folks um, talks a good game. He probably, I think he talked a good game. 
Yeah. He's one of those lip service kind of dudes for the religion anyway. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he, remember Rasputin. Power and influence with the royal Yeah, family. remember Rasputin, first and foremost, he was out for himself. He was trying to bamboozle yeah. people. They're yeah. not going to sit there and believe in, in higher forces to do it. They believe in themselves and trying to schnooker others. Yep, that's what he did. So I don't, I don't see him as buying into that type of belief. Yeah, I, and I'm looking at where if he is going to New Schwanstein, uh, it's in it's in where is it? That sounds like either German or, Germany or Austria. Looks no, it's German. It's okay. uh, it's in, it's in Germany. It's southern Germany though. So, so Bavar- it's yeah in the Bavarian areas. Yes, yeah, so he's in the Bavarian areas. Uh, who who's in charge of it? I mean, even though it's abandoned, it still would be in charge of some noble. I'm uh, just looking at the history. Here we go. After New Ludwig's death, oh, the house, the house of Wittelsbach is in charge of it. All right. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, interesting. It was actually it was a tourist trap. After he had died, uh, one, uh, the region decided to turn to a tourist trap. So I can see, I actually can sort so that could make things even more difficult. There's tourists there. Oh. Oh, oh innocence. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. He would use them as meat shields as well. Oh, yeah. Oh. So now it's, com- it's more, it, this is, but this is a nice complication. Cause yeah, cause this is where the players, you know, decide, okay, do we play this like, you know, you know, blood and guts or do we play this like, well, we're rescuing Santa. That means as little bloodshed as possible. Yeah. Get the stun. Get the stun rounds. <laughs> well, we don't. Yeah. Get the stun rounds because we don't want to hurt innocent people or Santa. Yeah, and maybe we have to capture Rasputin and then take him. You know, who, you know then again, who would uh, be, 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 be the Kaiser? It'd be Germany. We actually would have to try him at that point. So maybe at this point, now it's changed from, you know, offing, offing, uh, unless you do a night raid. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I would do a night raid. No, no daylight thing. It'd be a night raid. But do you still, yeah. But it does mean it'll be the, uh, the, the caretakers are still there. Of course, they have now been converted over to the cause because of, you know, Rasputin. Yeah, he's just that good. At, what, at persuading people. <laughs> yeah. So the big question is, are, are his, are his minions, are his minions uh, truly evil or are they basically his, you know, mind controlled, mind controlled puppets? Maybe some would be mind controlled and some would actually be willing acolytes. Yeah. I think this is where just bursting in would not be a good, good plan. This is where you end up killing a lot of innocents. I always want to think this is where the guy who's got the, the, who's got the high stealth skill going, Ooh, 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 Ooh. Can I ninja in and check things out? (laughs) Yeah. Send in the ninja. (laughs) There's always, there's always a guy with a high stealth skill in every, in every team. Oh yeah. You're going to have the scout who (laughs) like special forces, or let's say if you have a golden horde with you, they're good at stealth. You know, Mongolian warriors are no, nothing to sneeze at. Okay. Yeah, you're going to have somebody in there sneak in, come back out and say, okay, we got three guards here, two guards here, five guards here, you know. Well, you may also say, and if you can, can you bring them out? You know, so, of course. Turn it, this is, an extra, turn it from a, a recon to an extraction. Yeah. Well, yeah. But you that's know, where you. You may not kill. You can just knock out. I mean, yeah, knock them out. Don't kill them, you know. 
rifle butter, pistol whip, pistol whip him in the back of the head and drop him. Yeah. Of course, this is where you know you break into Santa's cell. We got come on, Santa. We get you out. You step in the hallway, and there he is. No, you are not leaving this place. <laughs> you are under my power. And meanwhile, you just got the the modern day people. That's when they would look and go, "Okay, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> We're done here." <laughs> that's when you find out that the the milk of milk and cookies is actually the equivalent of holy water. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, I, 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 it's it, uh, you, if you want to play it, if you want to play it, play the the genre. I mean, basically, the rescue gets captured is always perfect for the you know. I would talk to the guy say, hey, "Do you want to get captured by Rasputin and held as hostage?" Ask him ahead of time. He says, "Yeah, I'll make a show of it though." <laughs> uh. You know, because it plays the genre. The, the, what drives Victorian Earth? It's pulp. This is all yeah. pulp, pulp genre. Yeah, <laughs> you know the rescuer. The rescuer gets captured. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's that's right. That I can point you to the TV tropes where that happens all the time. Yep. <laughs> you know, so this is you know, so it, 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 now you got two people. You, of course, now you got someone some on the inside who's good at sneaking around and with the person who's his patron saint with him. Um, <laughs> You know, maybe they'll figure out a way to, to break out of this place, you know, after he asked Santa for some presents, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but I can see this, you know, either you know, a daring daylight raid, not nah, so much, not with, not with innocence abroad and walking around, but definitely yeah. a, definitely another attempt at a night raid. This is where I think when someone said, you know, can we send a message back to Earth, to, uh, Earth Prime? Why? We need the attack helicopter. Oh, okay. Remember the uh, on the uh, Apache the Apache uh, attack helicopter, the propellers fold up for transport, and it fits right through the portal, real easy. Oh yeah, yeah. Just roll through on a trailer and fire it up. And Apache helicopters, they got stuff like stealth mode and everything. It's like, yeah, now, oh. oh. And that would be yeah. that would be cool as all get out. Here's this man from 1904 thinking he's got Santa Claus, and here comes this helicopter from basically H E double hockey sticks, <laughs> loaded with weapons, and you see the pilot just pointing, you know, pointing at his eyes, pointing at Rasputin, <laughs> and remember then the, the cannon. <laughs> remember, remember, then these systems—they're basically the if they set him up, it's where he looks. That's where the gun points. You know, there's uh-huh. hands free. Yeah, <laughs> Rasputin would see the barrels destroyed. It's like, yeah, go ahead, test yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Regenerate this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know. like Agent Smith. No. <laughs> yeah. Now the big downside is 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 the closest portal. I'm trying to think where the closest open portal is. Uh, let me look on on positive two here. Oh, look, I just have a couple pages away. Uh, let's see. Positive two prime. This is what Indian Ocean, Atlantis base, Pembroke's pavilion in the Victorian desert, ice cage in Siberia, Velangara crater in Senegal, Botswana, and Kembe, Roman temple in Jupiter. Uh, probably the lo- closest portal ice cave near Siberia, northern yep. Siberia. Yep. 
Well, uh, well, since uh, Rasputin was born in Siberia. Well, the thing is, this portal, yeah, it's like, Teus knows about the portal, but it even says they left the portal alone because Queen Victoria did not want to anger the Tsar. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right here. Yeah. But that actually probably is just as far as the Cong- as the McKenby one in terms of distance. Uh, yeah. And the advantage of the McKenby one is that there's probably a waiting airship. They can probably load it into the, for transport. It oh, yeah. does does mean like a two week trip to get there. So yeah, now you got to deal with the fact. Putin would know. I mean, and they could probably sit there and you know the, this this the good guys probably say, does Rasputin really want to hurt Santa Claus? Does he really want that much of a world of pain brought on him? He knows that if one hair on his beard is messed with. Yeah. Yeah. Right, you might not want to actually kill him. No, yeah. Rasputin, it's like, so they could sit there, okay, we're going to get the copter. Why? Do you really think Rasputin is dumb enough to kill Santa Claus? Do you really think that he's going to go there, knowing that if it's true, every force that knows that Rasputin has done this, Rasputin will no longer have any prospects of living a long and prosperous life. Mm-hmm. He would be the most hunted man on that planet. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, I think he's the most hunted p- person within the new Commonwealth. Oh yeah, yeah. Because there would be all sorts of people coming to. It's like, wait, Rasputin's here, the guy that killed Bureau Thirteen, Santa Claus. Give me a jeep. We're going to that world. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a Rasputin hunting license. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as I but, said, even even if if you know, as I said, me, I would, I would jack Rasputin. I mean, I wouldn't make him a god, but I mean. He would certainly have low-level superpowers besides some mm-hmm. psi and some regenerative abilities. Make yep. it a worthy battle because, as I said, you're going to have even players going, I get to go after Rasputin, the Mad Monk. And it would, you know, fit. And so I like adding a little bit of FX powers into my games. So, yep. yeah, even if he was just a con artist, still, he's going to have snow job enough mooks in that time, popcorn, acolytes, whatever, to where it's going to be hard to get to Rasputin anyways because he's going to keep throwing the popcorn at these guys who they're not going to want to kill him because they know they're just brainwashed dolts. And so these guys can't really go in. At the very lightest, they would be doing gunboat diplomacy. Yes, we're going to be nice to you. Release Santa now. You do realize that flying outside your castle is... (laughs) is an ornithopter with enough weaponry to turn this castle to a crater. Now, we can do this the easy way, or we can do it the hard way. <laughs> yeah, of course, it, it, it does depend on Rasputin being one very one very important thing. Reasonable. There's a reason why they called him the Mad Monk, so that would be no. It'd be like, yeah. oh, tell me, I'll just come back. You really want to test that. <laughs> I am all-powerful. <laughs> Yeah. As he sprouts a hole from his head <laughs> and it's bleeding. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. That just reminds you of the uh of that one scene from uh, Wizards. Let me show you a trick mom taught me. <laughs> I know it, that yeah. yeah, it's been a while. Uh, I'm not gonna spoil it, then you go go watch the movie. It's worth watching. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ralph Bashke. Yeah, was it Ralph Bashke? Yes, yeah. Ralph Bashke. Bakshi, and yeah, yeah, that's it's up there with or Fritz. It, or, you killed it, Fritz, yeah, 
Yeah, it's up there with Indiana Jones and the and the Swordsman. Oh gosh, yes. No, yeah. but I, I would see that this would be a good rollicking adventure. First of all, mm-hmm. you get to rescue Santa Claus. Second of all, you get to take down at least on this world a major historical baddie. Mm-hmm. This adventure, unless you are just such a totally serious game, and I, I'm kind of serious. Usually, my slapstick happens because it's the players that do it, not because I plan a slapstick campaign. But John, this is something I would even want to run because you have a port, a force of pure good. You have somebody who is known to be pure evil, and mm-hmm. it's one of the basic battles. You are protecting a source of pure good. You are trying to make sure that this light is not snuffed out in the multiverse. Yep. This would be an adventure to just let this go. Let the players go gung-ho and know, yeah, we can take out Rasputin. Problem is, it's Santa. We're going to end up on the naughty list. So we got to try to plan and plot and figure out a way to do this where we get Santa back, Rasputin gets an equivalent of getting his hand slapped, i.e. we at least, you know, knock him down a few pegs. And, and or, yeah, and or get him and, and put him in prison someplace where he's never going to leave, well, hopefully. Yeah, right. You know, get the, you know, get him, you know, with the authorities or something. You're going to be changing the world's history anyways because we know how Rasputin finally ended. But on this world, he ends up in jail, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, this would be an adventure. It, it would be rollicking fun. In oh, the yeah. era, and just as I said, you get you get to fight Rasputin and rescue Santa Claus. Come on, yeah, yeah. And then you can have after after you rescue Santa Claus, and he's you know, and he's made nice with folks, and and so forth. You you get the end with the big with the big big dinner that he supplies somehow. You know, I mean, you you go you walk in, you're back in New Swanstein. Only it's now decked out like something from a Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and Santa Claus is there, and there's the groaning board, and I mean it's groaning. <laughs> you know, you know, whole hams, whole pigs. Come on, you know, he we're talking Victorian. His whole pigs, gooses, everything, you know. Plate of pork. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or Edwardians, whichever one you want to be. But well, anyway. So you're going to have <laughs> probably the typical like wassail feast. You know, that mm-hmm. type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is where you can have your 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 non-standard, you know, of course he invites everyone. And when I say everyone, he we're talking Victoria's family. Which is ninety percent of the heads of Europe to that dinner. Well, yeah, because most of the royal families of Europe are basically one family now. They're interrelated. They they're so interrelated, they're all it's all one family. Yeah. Yeah. Even back then in 1904, yeah. you know. Yeah. So yeah, I can, uh, I, I can see that. I can see him, you know, because Alex, Alexia would only be like two years old, you know. But bouncing him on his knee, and who's a good little boy? You are a good little boy. Yeah. And I see you've had your injections lately. Hmm. <laughs> Fingering his nose, going, should I? No, no, no. You have to be a good little boy because your parents really love you. Yeah. And the kid would know what he's talking about too, because he can talk to kids. I mean, I mean, here's a per- here's a person. Everything I speak, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if he didn't take on the form of the maker on on on, on the uh, Demixie homeworld, he can still speak fluent Demixie. He would have 
the constant tongue spell on as a constant ability. Yeah. Yeah. He was, you know, and he, I mean, we're talking, he speaks local language like a native. I mean, it's basically, you know, it's, it's, he's, that's power. But yeah, that be, that would be the adventure. I mean, you know, that's would be one adventure on Victorian Earth. Uh, you know, uh, there's other places you'd go to visit. I mean, how would you know? We can just we can touch on them. Like, <laughs> so you mentioned the Golden Horde. How does the Khan deal with this person who represents a religion that, on his role, he's trying to stamp out? <laughs> well, he doesn't represent that religion. You know that. I know that, but does the Khan know that? I think the Khan's a pretty smart guy. Yeah, yeah okay. Smart. Yeah. But on the other hand, the Khan sees, you know, somebody who's bringing a lot of product onto his world and he's going to want a piece of the action. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. how much, you know, I mean, is, is Santa Claus actually going to give, you know, pay a toll, you know, of, of, of products, uh, things brought in? A tithe? Yeah. yeah. Or is he going to say, I'll pay you a uh, uh, hundred gold pieces a bag? And they bring. You know how much is in a bag. Yeah, and he brings one bag. But anyway, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Santa's bag. It's Santa's Come on. Bag. Yeah. Hey, we mentioned this about you know Santa's car. If he gives you a ride, he can hold as many people as he wants in that car. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Even that but, goofy little Citroen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. That car is goofy. It 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 does. It looks like it looks like somebody couldn't quite get a VW Beetle right. Actually, if you know the history, John, you got to put that picture in the in the fan on the fan page for this podcast and just show people what we're talking about here. Yeah, but uh, interesting enough, when you make that joke. It looks like the the the, the illegitimate offspring of of a of a of a, uh, a BW Beetle. It does. It, it is. In fact, it is. Its nose is a little longer. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, so it, it is. French that French company tried to copy VW Beetle and just make it off enough where. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. It, yeah, it's you know definitely, uh, definitely that's where his origins are. But yeah, so yeah, the Khan would definitely want to get a type. Uh, how would the Erds deal with him? The Erders. Yeah. Um, try, I, I, I don't remember them well enough. Uh, what's their culture like? They're northern. They're northern. They're basically they're Nords. They're like Scandinavians. Well, the Erlanders are kind of the same thing. It's just the the Erders are kind of like dwarves because it's like a 1.2 G world. Yep. Yep. So God, they're a little bit stockier, don't you know? And, and they're a bit and they're a bit misogynistic. Also, they basically yeah. use, Frida yeah. makes the good bread put in there, but we're not going to let her out on the fringe pass there. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I'm doing Minnesota and Wisconsin. I'm sorry. No. That's the best I could do. Scandahoobian. That's hilarious, actually. <laughs> Scandahoobian. Yeah. Scandahoobian. Yeah, like one of my exes had, she was like Norwegian Swedish. So that was, yeah, I'm Scandahoobian. Yeah. <laughs> Laura. Uh, yeah. And, and then, therefore, Erlander would be somewhat similar. Uh, both. Uh, uh, Norlanders would be, you know, he, Santa Claus would take on the appearance of Odin. In that place, because he they were more they were more Norse in their thing. So, and Odin basically, as we said in that one Christmas episode, he basically was Santa Claus. Another one of the Santa Claus origins is Odin and his and his appearance. So yeah, he would lose an eye. 
you wouldn't mind. And uh, yeah, he make that appearance. The Irlanders were, I think, were more Christian. So he would take on, or were, were they more pagan? I can't remember the Irlanders. I would say that the Irlanders. Well, the Irlanders were talking about in, in Fringeworthy as sort. Okay. As I said, they're like maybe five feet tall, kind of stocky. As I said, the Irlanders, it's a one point two G Earth. So you're going to be a little shorter, a little stocky, a little stronger. Yeah. But yeah, they're also sort of as as the term we found, Scandahoovian. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because basically a plague wiped out everything south of the ice. Uh, that's the Norlanders. That's the Norlanders, right? Yes. Yeah, the Norlanders had the plague, and they're the ones that are very t- much tied into the whole Norse mythology. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they well, were. The, I believe the Erds are more Germanic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're more Germanic, but the Germanic is also the, because of the neighbors, you know, Woden, Odin, you know. And, yeah, you Germanic know, was kind of close to Norse, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like Jupiter, Zeus, you know, same difference. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so yeah, so there. And then who else have we got? Oh, Datazil. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know that Tazil had their one god, Timok. So yes. Yeah, from what we had, yeah, because we also did an episode many, yeah. many months back, if not years, about the Tazeel. And if they had any kind of spirit, Christmas type spirit creature or that kind of holiday type thing, they would sign up what appears that. Yeah, whatever. Well, if, well, if it were a monotheistic culture, it just, it'd be Tamak. They would offer blessings to Tamak at the winter solstice of their world. As, to, as, oh, as a yeah. as a you know a relatively yeah. radiant to zeal. Well, because what it is, um, okay, Pixie's cousin, Goth Bunny's nephew, Yay. will be playing a to zeal. <laughs> so I've had to research this lately, and Tamak is the god. So yeah. Yeah. I don't remember if we did a polytheistic religion. You'd also have to go through like what kind of holidays they sell. Well, I mean, most yeah. most. Worlds that we've seen in one form or another have some type of winter celebration. Yeah. Either yeah. it's the solstice or it's the end of the year. Yeah. Oh no! Hey, the Romans. Yes, what I was know. the what, John? What was their festival again? Saturnalia. Saturnalia. It's uh, it, it, that's like a month long, almost a month long celebration. Yep. <sighs> and uh, the Christians adopted that their festivals into Christmas. So that they could convert the well, people yeah, who yeah. are still pagans. Well, right. Oh, yeah. Still celebrating Saturnalia while also claiming to agree with the Christians and follow the Christian faith. Yeah. Kind of conflicting. They wanted both. <laughs> but you know how the Christians are. They like taking it. So, yeah, and the key gags, it would be whatever winter festival they have. Yeah. You know, or we're not going to backstab each other as much at this time of year. Yeah, yeah. he would take on whatever form. Oh, no, the key gags are just. Sneaky little snots. There, there, there would be a very long naughty list in on Ooh, Kenga Prime. Really cool. Yeah. Pants are looking like a lizard. Yeah. You do real well. The key gags are the ones that are uplifted from the Dinonychus. Yeah. Yeah. You do realize what meme would apply here, Colleen? <laughs> nice list for Santa on Kenga Prime with the yeah. little yellow paper. Yeah. Dinonychus. Yeah, that would be it. Yeah. But no, so each of these worlds would have their own little, some type of winter or year-end festival. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, would, we figured that just Bureau 13 Santa Claus would just sort of morph into whatever entity would be there to fit in. 
Yeah. So be able to recognize him as what he does. Right. Ooh. So the emperor of Pax Romana would definitely. I hate to say he probably would fall also into the tithing thing. You know. And you. Yes. 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 You can deliver whatever you want as long as we get our share. Yeah. Can I bring this one bat? You know, like Bugs Bunny. Can I sit on one cod? Yeah. Let me bring this one bag. Okay, that's one gold piece per bag. And he's pulling like about nine thousand bags worth of stuff out there. Like, no, nope, you're dealing, you're dealing with a you're dealing with a person who is in control of an empire that stretches uh, almost to uh, up to Denmark, as far d- down into the northern North Africa and down the sides, and as far east as India. You know, he's and he's used to dealing with all this stuff. He, you know, he, tithing for him is. It's a pro. It's it's, it's it, there's bureaucrats who do this for him. You know, they'll set something up and make sure he gets his share, either in gold or in technology, yeah, or whatever. You know. Oh no, the Paxes, the Pax Romana. I think by the time that I did get some, Colleen, mm-hmm. they've already started with flintlocks. They have printing presses. Printing presses too. They still have slavery, but they've got flintlocks and. They had slavery, but it wasn't condition of already being a slave. It was a condition. It was. Yeah, it was it was not chattel sa- slavery. It was more like, yeah, we captured you and you're now a slave. Yeah, yeah. but they also Are, had yeah. flintlocks and printing presses on this particular Roman yeah. world that okay. became part of the alien corps. Yeah, so... Take a, not fall as soon as it did. Well, no, remember, if it weren't for the Empire not falling, they said, one, there were steam tech mm-hmm. on the boards. They just never got around to it yeah. because Nero wanted oh. to play his fiddle instead of have steam engines built. And oh, then also, they said if that steam engine had been built, Rome would have been in space by a thousand years. Probably. And, and, and uh, Goth Bunny, yeah. the first emperor of Rome was this Thracian slave by the name of Spartacus. No, no, he wasn't. I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus. <laughs> no, but I, but this is this this is the ultra, this is how this one this is how we get Rome lasting longer because it doesn't start with with yeah, Octavian, who was yeah. the first emperor of Rome. Not Caesar. He was dictator, but yeah. uh, but no. Yeah, Spartacus decides to march on Rome, captures it, pretty much you know does what he wants to do with the with the Senate and declares himself emperor. And yeah, history has changed now. Now Caesar is still in Gaul. Caesar well, still in Gaul. Yeah, he he can stay in Gaul. <laughs> Well, when I was working on my scenarios, basically he more or less became a lackey. Yeah, you know? he would probably remain a Roman general, which is what he yeah. was. Yeah. So, and I had my players. This, you know, of course, this takes place in like the equivalent of the 1750s, I think. Seven, no, 1400s. So it's been the oh, 15th century. Yeah, 15th century, and they meet a one Julius Gaius Caesar. Mm. Relation, in fact, he is a relation there. He's from Gaul. Yeah. Of course, when they ask him about you know his his namesake, he goes, "Who? Yeah. You know how you know how many Julius Gaius Caesars have been in the past uh, thousand years, fifteen hundred years?" <laughs> a lot. Okay, yeah. so we have all these various worlds that hmm? they, this very early Commonwealth. You know, we're just out of the early canon. We're starting mm-hmm. at the very beginning of the middle period. And so they've managed to spread out. Mm-hmm. And they know, okay, these worlds we know have a various type of Santa. We'll go here and see if we can, you know, 
hook you up and get things out and about and get this yeah. ball rolling. Yeah. And he won't be as secret as he is on Bureau 13. Let's be honest. He's got a gentleman's agreement with all the various groups on Bureau on the Bureau 13 Prime not to really, you know, come out of the closet, so to speak. Yeah. He's under no agreement on any place else. Oh no, that that's true. <laughs> and because he won't manifest on Earth Prime, so he doesn't worry about there. I would oh, think that he'll still well, go there. He'll still go there. You know, he, he'll he generates his own. He generates his own mojo to exist. Yeah. There. yeah. And the, there's all the bleatless children. Everyone believes he's a jolly red, you know, jolly red, jolly fat man in a red suit. Yeah. They he, would think, oh, it's a mall, a guy dressed up as Santa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pat him on the head. You keep believing that kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he walks off to the, to the sleigh with the, with the eight reindeer. Sorry. Rudolph is just a myth. Uh, and off they go. <laughs> And I just see people just jaws dropping at that point, going, What? That was one of those French things. That's French tech. That's what it is. Yeah, it's the Tremeller. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, speaking of Tremeller, I, I may mention that the one group he would actually fall. Yeah, he would also think is a good, are good little boys and girls are the Slargs. Yes, they're abject cowards. Yes, they're, you know, they, they'll run the first thing. But the thing is, they're absolutely honest about it. You have yeah, to start sneaking and lying. No, they genuinely don't want to be around when trouble starts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if they, if they, if they can hurt somebody from, from a safe location, they probably will. Well, remember Eric, the enabler back in the day, he's <laughs> like a slark, a slark demolition officer. No, I don't want to do that. I'll get blown up. A slark artillery officer set the coordinates. Oh, take some of this. Oh, take some more of this. You know, he's hitting the fire button each time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, you remember my, when I when I played a slug in that one adventure of yours, he was running the cannons because <laughs> it's safe. You know, well, yeah. safe. I mean, you know, basically he's stuck in our, you know, where can they run to? I'm on a boat in the ocean. I need to fire cannons. Yeah, I'm going to fire cannons. Uh, <laughs> you know, that or I'm going to find some place in the hole to crawl up and hide. You know. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that adventure. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. on. But yeah, I can see, I can see, you know, uh, you know, sorry folks, if there's a slug on your team, he's calling shotgun and Santa Claus will let him do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You get to hang his head out the window. (laughs) (laughs) What's the only way you can see where he's going? Yeah. Yeah. You know. They see they see with sonar they see with sonar so yeah, he put him behind a window. Well, this is really interesting. I'm seeing a big flat sheet in front of me. <laughs> I, I I see the inside of a box. Oh yeah, on the windows. Oh, that's much better. Yeah. Ooh, I can see stuff now. Yeah, that's why they prefer jeeps because you can put the windshield down. No, just me. It's just me deciding to own my stuff. That's all, folks. That's a private joke between us here on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. Hey. But so, you know, so, so the ramifications of this is afterwards is that yeah, Santa Claus is not going to be visiting a bunch of worlds now. Probably not in the same same day, as we said. The calendars don't sync up. No. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, now we got Santa Claus showing up and leaving presents. And building up that, you know, beliefs around him. And even places like Earth Prime, he, as long as he's there, he's sucking up the belief power and yep. get, you know, 
So ultimately, what's going to happen with him when when finally we meet another place that actually has a working Santa at this point? Yeah. I mean, do they? Uh, it, it, can they only be one? <laughs> well, if they meet another Santa, they already don't have that problem. Mm. You can't meet something that can't exist. That's true. So the question is: Is that are they both? Are they going to want to? Sh- since you're a, sup- supposing that he needs all this belief in order to give him power, then are they going to be willing to share? Or is there going to be? Are we going to have Santa, you know, competition? We are not going to have a Santa turf war. When Santas go back, when Santas collide next week on Fox. Yeah, the day the reindeer die. (laughs) No. (laughs) And and Habibi would appreciate this, and it's a shame she's out with her sister right now at 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 dinner. Basically, it's. There's this game where Santa goes nuts and you're the elf that has to clean up all the gore in the workshop. That's yes. how it would end up being. Yeah. yeah. Except it would be due to the two Santas battling. Yeah. I don't think yeah, so, Santa was bad enough. Yeah, right. The, the way Santa is, I don't think he would. I don't I, think he I would. Think he would just realize, okay, this okay, is this his turf. Like, this is his. Go. Yeah, he's got this. He's We're got, good. Got this, he's got Moving this. on. Yes. Yeah, so so no Slaylander. Okay. Because yeah, no sl- he's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I imagine they would share, and he may yeah. even let him cut let him cut in the local area. You know, I mean, let's be honest. As soon as you get uh, enough worlds out there that he can go to, he's basically uh, he's at full production every day in the north uh, in Christmas land on back oh, in yeah. Thirteen Earth. At some point, he's going to hit max production, and he well, can't yeah. do any more. You know, I mean, what's going to happen is this workshop gets bigger and bigger and it becomes more and more where you'd have to do more and more stuff and make it more and more efficient. You know, you who you'd have to call in since this has to do with the bureau. Mike Bunkowski. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Remember, in Bureau 13 D20, John added Mike Bunkowski, a OSHA agent who got involved with the bureau and basically, okay, there's this green slime. Well, what is this green slime? What, is it going to affect our people? No, we need got, to figure this out. You know, you got to do it correctly. It's Mike Bonkowski, agent of OSHA. Yeah. <laughs> this is a real person, mind you. Many of the people in the Bureau 13 game are based on real people in one way or another. And Mike is a, well, he's a re- now retired OSHA agent. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, I remember asking him about you know black projects and see and how do they work. He said, well, basically, you know, the request comes in. We need we need someone to do this. And do you have a high enough clearance? Yes, you do. Remember, you got to sign the NDA and all that good stuff. And then you go yeah. and do it. And maybe six people see re- see your reports afterwards. Yeah, you know. So we came up with this idea that he would be an OSHA agent working for the bureau where you have all these strange substances and, you know, he'd be the one, okay, we got to make sure it's safe. Our agents are well, in care. Yeah. Working, with the, bureau, working yeah. with the bureau, working with the bureau, not for the bureau. Right. He still works for OSHA. Right. But still you would have him coming into Santa's workshop going, you know what I'm seeing about 15 violations here and all these people are under underage. They're elves, Mike. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That guy, my, my, my dear Mr. Bonkowski, that guy over there, see him? His name's Hermie. He's a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> and, and wait a minute, what would he say? A dentist? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So let me ask you this, Mr. Bonkowski. Is it safe? Oh man, I think you that, you darn near came water in an eye with that one, John. <laughs> so I mean, this could end up being if you really wanted to do this over like the holiday season, you know, like mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, New Year. This could be like a mini campaign arc in a bureau or an um. Mm-hmm. If you were starting like a, a fringeworthy campaign, it's like okay, it's Christmas time. I want to run this during the holiday season. And it might be, you know, if you do bi-weekly, it's going to be like, what, six, seven sessions? Or if you do it right, 12 sessions. (laughs) (laughs) You know, twice a week is enough, I don't know. (laughs) Session of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Five agent shooting. Yeah, enough XP to gain two levels, yeah. Um, (sighs) All right, so yeah, this could be drawn out where you're visiting all of these various worlds and all the various problems and issues entities. Yeah. And you'd have to, you know, go through and deal with all these things and then finally get Santa back to positive 13 prime. Mm -hmm. Because after all this, Oh, we have to get Santa back to do his route. So, I mean, you could even throw in things like, you know, things and it's like, no, you don't understand. Get out of our way. We have a VIP we need to get back. You know, French pirates. We don't care who you have. And Santa Oh, wait, 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 wait there, my good little man. Hello there. I'm Santa Claus. And at le- I'd guarantee at least three of them would go, three Santa Claus? Would just, their jaws would hit the, the path. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you may actually just do the old thing and walk up to him. Oh, you've been, well... Okay, child, you know, and gives them some gives them present is exactly what they want. Yeah. Have a have a bottle of rum. Yeah. No, that's what you want. Let's get this straight. (laughs) I'm mostly good. Yeah, and it does bring the question since. What was that, Josie? Does the typical Santa thing? Have you been a good boy this year? And and all the fringe and all the eye dead are looking. Santa, he's a French pirate. <laughs> Think about that really hard. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah, I've been a good pirate. Yeah, I've been good at pirating. That's not what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But as we say, uh, all stories are true on Bureau Thirteen, except those that aren't. Do we Santa actually vampires? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is there an island of misfit toys? What? Oh, what about it? Well, I mean, it's. They're all, they're all, you know, they're, they, they, they can talk and do things. I mean, basically they're all somehow or another, they were misfit toys. And, and, uh, what was his name again? The guardian of misfit Island. Um, oh, that oh. lion. Oh God. It's been so long since I've seen that. Uh, it was a lion. I thought it was a lion. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Rudolph red nosed reindeer. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm looking up the the TV specials. Get the name. Well, what about it? Uh, well, would that? Do you think that ex- is that one of those things that may actually exist? Because a lot of people, I, let's be honest, a lot of kids believe in it. Would that actually come into well, come into existence because of kids' beliefs? A pl- you know, it's it's a, a place where you know broken misfit toys go to stay until Santa Claus collects them and fixes them and. 
or puts or gives them to a child that'll love them. That's quite possible. It has a even though it's, it's very uh, sad in some regards, it also has an element of hope. That's what Santa Claus is all about. So it's you know it's possible. It's uh, certainly falls within the the concept of, of that. Uh, but I think it would be the island itself that would grant them sentience. Yeah. Uh, you know, they would, they, they're, they're sentient while they're there. How they get there is not clear. Maybe it's magic. You know, maybe it's just something else. And, um, and, and like they, just, they stay there. They obviously don't go anywhere else until Santa shows up and collects them. Yep, and it's uh, King Moonracer is the name of the, uh, of the person who basically rules the Island of Misfit Toys. And I, I would say... Um, they uh, they they happen to when the kid when the elves are making toys. Sometimes someone screws up, and yeah, you have a squirt gun that shoots you know shoots uh, jelly instead of water. You know, and it somehow or another that's when it goes into the reject bin, and all of a sudden it appears on the island. You know, it's maybe that's how it happens. You know, uh, though I, it'd be interesting. You know. <laughs> But yeah, I could I could just imagine that'd be a little side adventure. You know, someone would say, oh, Sandra, does the island of misfit toys exist? And he would go, Ho ho, of course it does. You wanna go visit? <laughs> hmm, that's okay. that's yeah, that's where you find the, the the toy the toy fire hydrant that instead of shooting water shoots uh, shoots booze. All right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I I know a little boy that would be looking uh, that would be very happy with that toy under his tree. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you for thinking about me that way, Bruce. I would... <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think we fleshed this out that this would be mm-hmm. for like a holiday season adventure. If you're running an early Bureau Thirteen K, this would be something cool to do because it it's just tongue in cheek enough to you know show the cheer of the season, but it would still be a good Bureau 13 fringe-worthy adventure where you would have dealing with magic, you're dealing with other dimensions, mm-hmm. you know, you got Rasputin, a bad guy, however you stack them. Yep. I mean, if you're running a Victorian campaign where it said you're basically, you're, instead of running off of, off of the of Earth Prime, you're running off of the British Empire. You know, this is also another good, another good adventure for th- that they're introducing people to other other areas as well. You know, you know, it's, it's it depends. You know, it's a great way of introducing this. Uh, I can see as a after effect after this, is, you know, this is done. You know, I can see bureau. I can see uh, Unita and Victorian, a- you know, a- a taste agents or taste explorers keeping track of what what time what time of year it is. And then they put out the sock stocking wherever they are. Yep. And also you do realize this is headcanon for, I think that's the term I want to use. We could say that this adventure is what causes Colonel Talbot to end up becoming the liaison Mm -hmm. because she realizes somebody needs to coordinate stuff between Unita and the Bureau and who's better qualified. Yep. And she, and she double dips because she puts one out for, British Christmas, and she puts one out for Bureau 13 Christmas. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, well, you understand, I mean, Colonel Talbot, the best way to describe her, she is a hard, you know, very mil- uh, very militaristic demeanor, but if you get to know Shay, she mm-hmm. can be very maternal and caring. You just have to get through that tough exterior. 
And this would be something that once you get to know her and see all this stuff, you'd realize, no, she's a very heartfelt person. She has a lot of deep running emotion. She just hides it under that military training exterior because she would have trained with Taos and she would have tra- she trained at Alice Springs. And so, yeah, she, so this, I'm offering this as official canon because I made the character. Yep. This type of concept, this adventure, is what got Colonel Shay Talbot. It's where she formed this job because she saw it was needed because of interacting between all these different agencies. Yep. And and what did you say? And you may also get a chance to see her all of a sudden go all getting one thing on Santa's lap, completely blowing her rep. <laughs> Santa. <laughs> well, I mean, Shay. By the time I portray her, of course, I I did, you know, like toward the middle campaign and all that. So she would be older. This was when Shay was just starting out. She'd only been fringe walking for a couple of years. She Mm -hmm. was brought on by Taos, decided to also work with IDET. And then when she deals with Bureau 13 Earth, which would be the first contact on that world, and then go through this adventure, that's when she realizes we need somebody to, to coordinate all this. Mm-hmm. And that's how this adventure would be how she made this job. And from this yep. point on, it's Colonel Talbot as you see her in Bureau 13 E20, where she, if it if you're on Bureau 13 Earth and there's something from the French Pats or you want to use the French Pats, you have to go through her. Yep. But I'm offering this since I made the character. This is canon boom. So Travis said it, so shall it be done. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I'm realizing like, oh yeah, this fits perfectly into, you know, her backstory on why she would have made the position and filled it. Mm-hmm. This whole adventure that John just said, it, it meshes perfectly. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and we're dealing, and the after effects are that, yeah, Santa Claus starts visiting a lot more people out there and people start getting presents from Santa and not from uncle Bob who writes out from Santa and eats a cookie just to, to show that Santa was there. It's no, it is. You, you get that present. You know, it's from Santa. Yeah. It's the only one with the silk ribbon on it. Yep. <laughs> you know, you can sell it eBay for lots of money. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, cause no, the kid would never sell it. I mean, let's be honest. If I, if I was a 10 year old kid and I got a present from Santa for reals, that would that that would I I would still have it now. Yeah. There, there, there would be a stack of ribbons. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. There'd be a stack of ribbons. Yeah. yeah. Tree, just to tie all the ribbons around. Oh yeah. And, and that that'd be a, of a decoration. Every year's ribbons are tied in a bow, and you just tie it around a branch of the tree. Yep. Yeah, and I can see how that would affect the cultures. I mean, here's Santa showing up, a person from another world. Normally, this stuff you hear, hear stuff happening in the fringes. It's stuff happening in the fringes and never will affect you. This is affecting you. The average person is now being affected by what's on the fringes through Santa, someone he thought was a fictional character. Good character, so I'm okay with it. Yeah. Well, also, the fact is, well, I mean, the fringe, the stuff that happens on the fringes, it would affect them a lot more because stuff that the people that unite to bring back, it ultimately yeah. does affect Earth. This is just yeah. a much more jarring. And in personal, yeah. yeah, it's it's because uh, it's sort of like you know, we hear about things happening in another, in another country, and we go, Oh, that's that's bad, you know, that's bad. If it happens next door to your neighbors, that's totally different, yeah, even though it's potentially the exact same thing, 
And having having someone having Santa Claus deliver a package, deliver presents to your kids, or even to you for some reason, that's a cult. That that's a changer. That's a game changer for a lot oh, of people. Yeah. They, they'll start realizing it's I maybe I should be nice a to my neighbors. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the smack up the head with the clue by four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. I, and you I, don't want to be, and you don't want to be the kid on the street who doesn't get presents from Santa. Oh, oh yeah. Whole you know, new system for ostracizing yeah. someone. Yeah. Which means there'll be a, a black a whole new thing. Oh, list shaming. Oh, you're on that list. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And this is where uh, there'll be a whole black market of parents getting silk ribbons just so their kids get a present from Santa. Wow. Yeah, look, I was good. I got a silk ribbon here. Okay. Yeah, it's like, no, your kid's a brat. Your parents got it for you. Settle down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, I, I think we have, as, as Blix would say, we killed the subject. I think so. Yeah. I think all of us, I, I mean, it. this is the holiday season. This mm-hmm. is, and all of us have wishes that would come true, and we wish to, you know, convey... I, I think we should all, you know, convey our own personal wishes to our listeners. And we kind of do this every year anyways. Mm-hmm. If anything, it's a refresher. Yeah. Uh, I say ladies first. I let we we say God, Bunny, and Pixie, you know, take their crack for to the listeners. Because you've been on a couple podcasts now. What would you two like to convey to our listeners for the holiday season? Yeah. I would like to convey that I hope they get everything that they want and that their lives are going good and nothing bad happens to them next year. Oh, yeah. See, it's a wish. Yeah. I got my wish. Yeah. Can we have a little less death next year? Okay. Yeah, please, a little less death. Um, all right. For me, I wish everybody has a wonderful holiday season that you Eat and, you know, sate yourself with good food, good family, good fun. Travel safely. Be nice. I mean, be extra special this season because there's a lot of people this season that basically don't, you know, they're, they're not having the best of year. Be excellent to each other. Yeah. And mm-hmm. please work for a better 2017. Yeah. We all know none of, all, none of us have been under a rock. We all know how this year has been. So, yeah, yeah, that is what I wish to convey to our listeners for holiday season 2016. Yeah. And, uh, Joseph, anything or you? Just a little less death next year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I uh, I definitely want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. And, And despite everything that may be happening in your life, uh, even with your family, their family. You know, and, yeah. and and spend time with and spend time with your family, no matter what they post on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and I, you know, I, I wish everyone a happy New Year. Uh, uh, I'd wish wish for peace in the world, but the Santa Claus would say, "Oh, I do uh, Christmas wishes. I don't do miracles." Yeah, that's someone else's department. As he looks <laughs> up, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, Bruce? Well, unlike uh, uh, some of the other wishes here, uh, to me, the, 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 what Santa Claus is all about is giving. Mm-hmm. And 
I think that what I would wish for more than anything else is for everyone to have the opportunities and to see the opportunities they have to give to other people to enrich their lives and by so enriching their own and to make this season's memorable and something that they will use as a launch pad for an even better year well and in some cases just a better year for 2017 so we hope are all of our fans and all of our listeners that you have a truly blessed season and we hope that you will continue to play our games and to keep sending your well wishes toward us because we could really use them because and uh merry christmas and a happy new year and happy hanukkah and happy holidays and all the other well wishes of the season may they warm your heart and fill your life with purpose god bless us everyone somebody already did it darn (laughs) happy and be a blessing to others yes okay all together now one Two, three, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Wanna try that again? <laughs> Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Hare Krishna. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Solstice, Yule, yeah. There's like what, twenty-seven holidays and like the two months time all together? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, let's you know, and the and the twelve days mm-hmm. of, of Norse. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Of course, that's not a Christmas holiday at all. No. Yeah. No, no. And and uh, it, it, all right. Well, I'm going to stop this here yep. because we're not. Really yeah. Warm. It's hot. Yeah. It's warmer. Yep. Stay, stay, stay warm. Yes. If you're living somewhere yep. cold. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait, you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at Tri-Tech Games. And if you don't, We'll be after your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.